0: It's the TEH Podcast, episode 114. I'm Leo Notenboom of AskLeo.com. And I'm Gary Rosenzweig from MacMost.com. And we actually have a guest this week. Now, this reference is going to get lost on the kids, but please sign in now. Hi, I'm Kay Savitz of FreePrintable.net.
1: Anybody got right.
0: the sign in now, mystery no, guest? Uh, please sign no. in now. Sign
1: in. Welcome. You've got mail. I don't know what no? we're doing. Oh, Okay. Well,
0: <laughs> it just it's a, it's a reference oh, to. Oh, is this this is uh, some
1: the old game show? Uh, yes. Yes. That's yeah. yes,
0: very good. What's my line? Mm-hmm. Right. For those that uh, that aren't as old as I am, which is apparently <laughs> yeah. everybody, everybody, yeah, you're uh, old boy. Um, What's my line was a game show. It was basically twenty questions uh, with some a little additional restrictions. And normally they would just have you know random people on, and the idea was that the panelists would guess their occupation by answering those questions. But every the, show they would have a mystery guest, so that the panelists would have blindfolds on, and some notable celebrity would show up, and that would be the mystery. Guest and they would sign in their name to the chalkboard at the beginning of the show, and hilarity would ensue.
1: What was the was that the same show where if you said the 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 mag, the magic word, then a platypus came down and, and you won
0: extra money? No, that, oh, was, no, that um, was that was that was show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what that show was. That's one I didn't watch. I'm not that old. That was older. <laughs> I missed Groucho completely. Is, is, that, the,
1: is that the one where they, they drew pictures on the side of a cave wall and had to guess what they were drawing? <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. I I, I I'm too old. I, I'm not old enough for the first few seasons of that. But. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so Gary, I understand that Apple had a couple things to say. Okay.
2: Yeah, I think the most interesting thing today from the Apple announcement was um, that Apple still can surprise, like even with all the rumors and leaks and, and massive speculation, uh, there was still something today that I didn't really hear anybody talk about or mention that was really cool and, and kind of stood out for me. And it's, it's called MagSafe. And they're reusing a term that they had used before. MagSafe was something that uh, you used to plug your MacBook in with a, um, uh, you know, a power adapter that instead of uh, being fixed in there with just friction, it actually used magnets. So right. I still my, my 2014
1: cable. Mac has that, and I,
2: yeah. I still love it and don't want to give it up. And, and they probably have the trademark for that. So they said, let's use that again. So it's different now. And what they, they did is they put magnets in the iPhone. So the back of the iPhone is magnetized or has a magnetic coil in there and things can stick onto it apparently uh, quite strongly. And they, the first thing they showed is chargers, wireless chargers, but instead of, you know, laying down the phone on a wireless charger, like I do now, the charger actually will stick to the back. So you can actually lift the phone up and the charger will still be connected. Or, you know, if you're feeling around on your right stand, you know, you know, it clicks into place and, you know, you've got it on the charger. They also showed um, cases that will click on. So instead of having to grasp the phone by the edges, again, with friction or or coming around the top or bottom, it actually stay on with the magnetic uh, connection. And also, um, you know, they they even showed some things, maybe third-party future devices where the phone could actually be like in your car, like on a car holder and sticking on there with this, magnetic uh, connector and it it looked really cool i mean i you know i looked at it and i said oh that's interesting and then i was like oh i really want this (laughs) like this (laughs) this actually looks it's like it's very satisfying to click it onto something and i could see lots of third parties coming out with things and they even work like it says if you put a case on it you could stick something to the outside of the case and it'll go through the case. And they showed off like a, a new wallet that they came out with. So it's a lot of third parties have these now. It's a little thing you stick on like with a sticker to the back of your iPhone. And then you could fit like a, you know two or three credit cards or something in there, your driver's license or whatever. And so Apple has one and that'll stick on, but it'll also stick on through the case. So you could put a case on and then the wallet on top of that.
0: Cool stuff. It's funny because the the um, the magnetic part of this. First of all, when they said MagSafe, I thought they were doing something with the power adapter, right? The power. Yeah, and adapter.
2: it kind of is. I mean, the wireless power adapter, sorta.
0: Kinda, yeah, um, but it's funny. Uh, the uh, the car mount that I have for my phone yeah. is the exact reverse right? There's a, a metal plate you attach to the back of the phone and then you can put a thin case over it. But then there's a, you know, a rare earth magnet that you mount to your dashboard and you just plop the phone on there. It's great. So that technique with those two reversed is going to work really nice for people that want to, want to have their phones, you know, accessible in a reasonable way in their car. The other one that cracks me up though, is that uh, my Kindle voyage of, I think about two, maybe three years ago um, has this. Oh, the case that I have for it uh, snaps on magnetically. Mm. Uh, and and I thought, you know, okay, that's kind of cool. My biggest concern, and apparently it must not be an issue if Apple is doing it, my biggest concern is just, you know, if you are attaching your credit cards ah. to the back of your magnetic phone, oh, yeah. are you in the process yeah. of erasing the mag no. strip?
2: The, but, I, I was curious too, so uh, I looked at the wallet that Apple already has for sale up on their site, or at least for order. And it says on there, it is um, uh, shielded to protect magnetic credit card strips. It's actually in the description. Interesting. So that at least will be shielded. Now, if you stick your phone you know, without any of that, you just you don't want anything to do with MagSafe, whatever, you just stick your phone in your pocket and then you also put your credit card or maybe a hotel room key or something in your pocket at the same time, then you're probably in trouble, I'd imagine. But you're already probably in trouble with just about any phone uh, doing that. And certainly I've fallen victim to this years
0: ago. And certainly the the good news is that mag strips are actually getting used less and less anyway. Yes.
2: Yeah, Some credit cards definitely... Um, and I mean, they're supposed to be phased
0: out completely at some point yeah. here. And someday when we all get back to hotels, we'll remember that they're using proximity cards, they're using RFID <laughs> these days instead of, um, yes. with mag strips for the most. well, part.
2: this will give this whole thing is giving them a chance to up, upgrade. Uh, certainly it has it pushed forward the, the magnetic strip thing. And also even like things like near field communication and all that, and Apple pay and Google wallet and all have really moved forward this year because of yes. the pandemic and <laughs> yep. um, you know, restaurants actually are using the technology they've been using in Europe for more than a decade. Right. Um, and that, uh, and that's, that's good. So, you know, it's something had to move us forward to the future here in the it United States. A pandemic. Yeah. It just took a <laughs> pandemic. Yeah. To no do no it.
1: problem. My, my honest, this sounds cool for most people. My honest concern is as someone who like legitimately has old school five and a quarter inch floppy disks lying around on my desk at any given point. I really don't, I really don't want a magnet in my phone.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe they will come out with, uh, th- uh cases that are shielded. If they could shield mm. the wallet thing, sure. then I would imagine you get a case that sticks onto your phone, but then the, you know, it sh- also shields it so that it becomes kind of, you know, a non-issue.
0: I I re- I'm really interested in that shielding technology because electricity and magnetism are two different things, right? Yeah. And shielding electricity, I get that. I mean, I you know, I've got the uh, uh, the passport uh, case that is you know has the shield in it so that the RFID passports can't get read in passing that kind of thing. Or uh, I had a wallet for a long time that had the same thing, but um, magnetism is a little different how do you shield magnetism anyway i apparently apple claims that they can do it which is great um just yeah worries me some how do you well i'm
2: sure there's a good answer i just don't happen to have it on top of my head there's got to be a way to shield magnetism i mean
0: i imagine I don't know <laughs> we'll we'll find out one way or another what else did they announce anything else interesting
2: uh let's see a, new, a smaller home pod so you know the home pod I've got which I think is like three hundred three fifty or something um is nice and it's beautiful and it's a high end kind of audio device but their new one is small and it's ninety nine bucks and which you know which puts it in it, you know, in the reach of a lot more people, right. it also even puts it in the reach, you know, to get a stereo pair. Cause the idea with these is you can get two for a stereo pair. I wasn't about to shell out $700 for that, but I'd sell it shot $200 for a small stereo pair. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they announced, you know, just when I looked at it and thought, well, that's great. It's not for me. I already have the full size home pod. So I'm set. And then of course they now talked about a feature that will be coming out soon. That made me think, well not only do i need to get one of these small ones but i might need to get several and that's basically a simple intercom system built into it so you could have and it works with an apple with the apple watch and iPhones too and so basically you can just use your voice and say you know uh you know i don't know open up a channel or whatever i wasn't <laughs> i can't remember what exactly what it was but i could talk from one to another in another part of the house. So they've taken a feature
0: from the uh, the Amazon Echo. It
2: because... does that. It does have the intercom thing from right.
0: yep. room to room. So, yep.
2: so anyway, that, that seems nice. And I wonder if I could use it from outside the house with my Apple Watch, like if I could be uh, somewhere else and then use the intercom system to communicate. Uh, interesting. It's a software thing, so I'll certainly be, you know, when they release that, I'll be uh, looking to you know, investigate it and do an episode on it stuff like that. So I'll know everything then. Other than that, um, they came out with the iPhone twelve mini. So this is the first time they've gone down in size. Right. You know, they have the same sizes or the equivalents to the same sizes they had before. And then they introduced one that's small, which is interesting. But I guess it does fit, you know, a certain type of user that really wants something nice and compact.
0: I've been avoiding headlines on this because I knew we'd be talking about it this afternoon, but um, the one of the ones that I did see was somebody going, you know, yay, so, you know, a phone for us with baby hands. You know,
2: so. <laughs> baby hands are just, you know, I mean, people wanting to put it into you a know, pocket or, you know, just, I don't know. It, it, there's a lot. I, I could see if I wasn't, you know, didn't do what I do for a living and covering things and all that, that it could be useful because I'm in front of a Mac most of the time so a lot of the functions i need i've got you know big screen in front of me so the idea of maybe carrying on a small iphone uh when i don't happen to be in front of a big
1: screen is appealing um you know so
2: anyway that's uh, that's like they just
1: went back to the iphone 5 frankly i mean i don't have it for comparison here but yeah used to have like a five and had the the square metal sides and and it was smaller and it's like oh you just i don't know
2: it yeah, it like. does. I mean, I, I definitely I said that in my video today that, mm. you know, they are going back to an iPhone five type of design, except that the iPads have already gone back to that design. You know, they two years ago, the iPad pros went back to that metal around the edges thing, the flat metal around the edges. Um, the iPhones are a little different in that it's colored. It's not like a silver colored metal band anymore um and it's of course a lot thinner than that iphone 5
1: they should have just called this the iphone 5g and (laughs) yeah really that would have been brilliant (laughs) uh, you can have that for free apple it's too late now there you go yeah (laughs) but
2: uh well yeah because they had the iphone 3g then then it's really confusing yeah it's like (laughs) (laughs)
1: we went from the 11 back to the 5g (laughs) And then there'll
2: be somebody that would be so amazingly psyched because they're still sticking with an iPhone 5S. <laughs> and, and they'd be like, oh, I can now finally upgrade to the iPhone 5G and not feel like I'm at of sequence. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that and that was basically it. Apple didn't announce anything else. So there are no AirTags, no AirPods, over-the-ear headphones, um, you know, nothing. Oh, that's right.
0: We were talking about that last week. I was kind of looking forward yeah, to hearing I was, about Yeah, I'm d-
2: disappointed because... I actually, I would like to get those. And I guess, no, I guess the answer is no. They're, they
0: don't exist yet.
2: Their gifty item for the uh, for the holidays is the $99 HomePod Mini. You, now, you mean the $198 stereo pair? <laughs> the stereo pair, yeah. The uh, Although the one thing is that, uh, you know, they did drop the prices on the, you know, the older iPhone model. So I think I think I saw the iPhone SE is like 399 now or something. The second generation iphone se uh which does place it i know for a lot of people in kind of a gift uh range for like a big gift for somebody you know who really wants an iphone and doesn't have one that kind of thing
0: so i'm assuming that i mean we joked a little bit about 5g but the 12 is their first 5g phone right
2: yeah, it's the first one. Although you know, I did get a comment today, which was really interesting because we've talked about this in the show in the past. How AT and T years ago, like two years ago, came out and said, you know, oh, instead of LTE, we're going to call it 5G E. Remember? Oh yeah. And they got yeah. sued yeah. over it and everything because it's not 5G anything. They were calling it 5J, 5G enabled or enhanced or something like that, and it was just a marketing gimmick and you know, it's like, you, there's, it's not 5g at all. Um, and I got a comment today saying, well, wait, I don't understand my exist. My iPhone currently shows 5g on there when I'm connected. So how is this the first iPhone with 5g? And I said, yeah, I'm certain that your iPhone just say 5g, it says 5g E <laughs> and you're on AT&T. And this was a marketing gimmick and, Unfortunately, uh, obviously, people, despite people like us talking about it all the time and lots of tech reporters talking about it all the time, and AT&T swearing that nobody was thinking that it was 5G, people obviously out there do think they have 5G when they actually don't because of that little marketing thing that AT&T did. Anyway, that's the uh, the Apple news. He stands
1: for evil. (laughs) Yeah, really.
2: (laughs) 5g evil the evil 5g this is the good 5g you can get now get off that evil 5g
0: <laughs> oh that's funny yeah okay you got anything interesting for us
1: today news-wise no not at all i oh. just showed up to hear your voices and <laughs> awesome. to uh
0: yeah. awesome well we missed you too
1: i, yeah, um, I missed you. i mean geez you guys kept churning these out without me too Go away for a while, and it was, oh, no. it's it episode number 114 all of a sudden. Like, yep. wow, good job. It, by the way, it was uh, You Bet Your Life uh, was the, was uh, the yes. Groucho Marx show.
0: Ah, uh, there you go. Because
1: I know there was a listener screaming at his
0: or her phone <laughs> trying to talk to us. He's <laughs> currently being drowned out by the guy who's screaming at us about uh, how you uh, shield from magnets. So, <laughs>
2: right. Yes, yeah. exactly. Use well, gra- graphite uh, polymer construction to, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Something. (laughs) Um, So the thing that I brought today was uh, today, as we're recording, this is the uh, first of the two day Amazon Prime Day, uh, which in and of itself is kind of, I don't know, misleading. Uh, Two days worth of Prime Day. And what I realized, and it's become the case more and more, and I think a lot of it was has been exacerbated by the pandemic, is that it's way, way more than just Amazon. Uh, there's an article out on uh, ZDNet that I, uh, of course, will link to in the show notes. On Prime Day, find the best deals from Best Buy, Walmart, Target, and more. A lot of these companies are taking advantage of the hype of this manufactured event to basically jump on the bandwagon and compete head to head. And what I thought was kind of interesting, for whatever reason, I had a, a short shopping list of things that I needed to purchase online. And normally I would have just gone to Amazon and, you know, hit the buy now button repeatedly until i have gotten my list complete. But I decided to give it a try this morning and I actually had Amazon in one window and Walmart in the other trying to do some price comparisons, because of course on Prime Day, the prices would be better on Amazon. As it turns out, uh, it's almost split right down the middle. Half of my order went to Amazon and half of it went to Walmart. And it was simply a uh, price comparison. Uh, I, you know, Sometimes Walmart was cheaper and with enough of a purchase, the shipping was still free, the ETA was still free uh the the big takeaway for me from prime day is not necessarily that you know sure if they've got something cool that uh you know tickles your fancy and is going to be on sale for 48 hours or or as my wife discovered a little while ago um has a limited supply that basically sells out within moments of it becoming availability you know becoming available by all means jump on it but When it comes to regular items, even on Prime Day and certainly throughout the rest of the year, it's well worth doing a little bit of comparison shopping from the comfort of your desk because it's not necessarily guaranteed that you're getting the best prices at the places you think you are. But Uh, but Leo, I'm lazy. (laughs) Right. That buy now button is, is so easy and so orange it it's it's very orange <laughs> yes um yeah i i get that i do and it, absolutely it was more work incrementally more work to sit there and and had i wanted to throw another retailer into the mix like say target uh, which is the other one that keeps getting mentioned as a big competitor to Not uh, an orange button to amazon that's a red button mm-hmm. um <laughs> They, um, you know, it would have been more work to look up the same item on all three sites and then decide if they were truly equivalent. And is it the same? Like in my case, the item came in different sizes. So, you know, am I comparing apples to apples and so forth? But, um, so yeah, but it is one of those things that especially, you know, maybe on your, your staples on the stuff that you're, you know, not spending a tremendous amount of money on. Sure. Let's, you know, save yourself the time hit by now. My big takeaway, my big lesson learned here is that, yeah, you know what? It's still worth competing. I think a lot of these companies have stepped up their game dramatically, in part because of the pandemic and just in part because so much is happening in e-commerce. That um, it's well, well, well worth comparison shopping. I know I will.
2: I uh, I my comparison shopping usually is comparing
1: multiple items on Amazon, <laughs> because because rarely want, is it... do I want the the the, the janky Chinese made item that'll be here in three weeks, but but is 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 free with two dollars shipping, or do I want the yeah <laughs> the American made decent item that will be here tomorrow and yet cost twenty dollars? No,
2: it's so. usually the 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 15 different all cheap items that are <laughs> vary by like 12 cents or something like that right. or whatever <laughs> my it is. dilemma
0: on on amazon usually is for those things that are um under the amazon basics brand mm, you know yeah. you know that well you know it, it it we don't know where it's coming from it's got the amazon basics brand on it it's cheaper it's uh, they're usually good enough i mean i'm yeah i'm staring at a uh, uh, an amazon basics mouse and keyboard right now that's what i use Ew. day to day I,
1: uh, I recently got on the mechanical keyboard bandwagon and i'll tell you it's going to be i don't want to go back you know, nice nice clicky old school keyboards
0: i haven't bit. heard any background clicking while you were doing research here a moment ago why well, I, I muted my mic oh. um oh. see, so you have to mute your mic i can do that i do I actually mute. i have a regular keyboard for podcasting because no. <laughs> <laughs> here
1: you go i I'm using my mechanical keyboard. There you go.
0: Yeah, I I miss those old keyboards, but I've I I just have gotten so used to these. And for whatever reason, like you know, the Amazon Basics. One of the reasons that they are appealing is that they are quote unquote good enough. They're not certainly the most feature rich of devices, and they're also not terribly expensive. They're often at the low end of the price, so they're almost disposable. So that when they break, it's like yeah, no big deal. I have a, you know, I, I think for a while I've literally had a spare Amazon basics keyboard in my closet just because so. Sure. So yeah, no, that's I, my I, dilemma. I've, is, I've
1: bought many Amazon Basics stuff and, and they're fine. I mean, I just reordered some labels for my Dymo printer and they're, they're fine. They I've used them before. I used the whole box and I wanted more. And, you know, I, the only Amazon basics thing, let's say I, I have a, I have a, a, a computer case for you know a laptop case from back back when people traveled and needed to put their mm-hmm. their their laptop in the case. Um, the only thing I've been unhappy with them is I have a uh, a USB uh, hub uh that I don't really love. It's like if I if I plug a, a portable drive into it and I plug another drive into it, the first drive like get, loses connection to the computer. We're the computer says like you know you should don't just unplug things. You need to, you know, uh, uh, unmount them first. And it's like, I didn't, you know, so yeah. Yeah. Other than I, that I, though, happy.
2: Th- for me, the only, the main use for something like Amazon basics is, you know, if I want to buy some moderate quality, cheap stuff, I just want to make sure I get my moderate quality, cheap stuff. Whereas, so with Amazon basics, I know that's going to happen. If it's some other thing, that's a dollar cheaper. I probably will get that, but I may end up getting, something that doesn't work at all or never getting it or something like that you know it's like you're always worried about that at least amazon basics you know it's you know a cheap hub or what or labels you're going to get that do either you know? of you it's use amazon ride.
0: basics batteries
2: yes yes no. actually i i do uh, all the time that's really? pretty much my standard and you're happy with them yeah. I mean, I have not done any kind of exhaustive comparison buying like Duracell
0: and Well, yeah, you know, it's, Energizer no, it's more a matter like of, of, I don't think it, any of us necessarily care about, you know, if there's a 10% yeah. difference, it's more, you know, you get it and it has half the lifespan. That's the kind of thing you notice just by using it.
2: Yeah, no, I haven't. I've noticed that it's all seems to work fine. You know, over the course of my life, I pretty much have noticed that all alkaline batteries perform more or less the same. And I know, I've read some things in the past that there are studies that actually show that, you know, mm-hmm. and there might be a quality issue with coming out of the factory and some being faulty or something. But in general, you know, if an alkaline battery has this amount of charge in it, it's, that's just, it's like a commodity. It's not getting this brand name just because it, it has a cute bunny rabbit as a, as a mascot. Is it going to make it last any longer? It's um, interesting. It has
0: Jeff Bezos as a mascot. Anyway. Oh yeah.
2: And so I haven't, I, so yeah, so I jumped on, I'll jump on whatever generic batteries. Like I probably, I think before I bought Amazon basics, I mean, probably for years, I bought some other generic brand of alkaline batteries, probably Sam's club
0: or Costco or something like that. It's interesting because that's exactly what happened to me. I, I, we we had our, you know, every so often Costco trip and I got home and I realized, oh, I forgot to get batteries, right? No, I think I got, yeah, I, I forgot to get batteries, uh, and you know, because we were low on them, we're going through triple A's like in like nobody's business these days. Yeah. And uh, I said, you know, I wonder, if we're worth a try. So it's it was you know just something to try to to see how things work out. So it's good to hear that these are reasonable. By the way, in the ultimate irony, as I look out my window here, um, an Amazon tr- has Amazon Prime truck just delivered something. <laughs> <laughs> they knew we were talking about them.
1: Hmm. Yeah. They, have they, you yeah. have you all tried? Um, rechargeable batteries in the last few years Dave?
2: i i do i use them in places that they're meant for like for instance my my landline phones i'll use rechargeable mm-hmm. battery we have like six of them throughout our house and they use two double a rechargeable batteries they charge themselves in the, in oh, the phone okay. so that's just, so you, ha- you can't use regular batteries and i use amazon basics uh rechargeable batteries there And I've used them in a... Oh, I think we have a lot of those little solar lights and they Mm. use lithium-ion Amazon Basic uh, batteries too. So I use those. But where I don't use them is in the situations where you actually have to physically take the batteries out, put them into a charger, charge them up, take them out of the charger, put it back into the device that you're... I do.
0: Um, My camera's flash, Uh, I have an external flash, uses four double-A rechargeable batteries. And when I got it as a kit, it came with eight and a charger. So you could have, you know, four in the charger, four in the camera, and, you know, whatever. Uh, I, I, it's too soon for me to tell whether or not the uh, lifespan is what I want it to be out of a rechargeable. I've avoided them in the past. I've avoided them for so long because they never lasted as long and they die quickly right mm-hmm. when they're out of power they're out of power right uh, and well that's so. kind of the old old way of uh with the, the
1: what do they call anyway the old batteries were definitely like that mm-hmm. i've been using for uh, at least a year now um and the loop batteries E N E L O O P mm-hmm. which you can get on amazon they're made by panasonic and other companies and basically they're nickel metal hydride Batteries that come in AAA and AAAs and stuff, and, mm-hmm. and and I use them in remote controls and and just things where you need to swap out batteries. Um, and I just have I don't know they're cheap enough that I can have enough of them around that it's not like I need to take the batteries out of the remote, wait for them to charge, and then put them in the back of the remote. I just I swap out the batteries and you know take the put the extras in the charger. And so then, you keep them charged. I mean, or you just keep it, some in the charger all the time, or how does that work? Uh, no, I mean I charge them and then I unplug the charger. They stay charged they they do a nice job of staying charged when not in use mm-hmm. so you know, i charge them and then i'll throw them in the box and you know in the in the closet and then when i need more batteries i just reach in and, and grab them um anyway it, i just feel like they're they're not the they're not the way uh the crappy uh batteries rechargeable batteries used to be and i used pr- to be yeah pretty yeah, they happy, used to be very bad absolutely with, yeah yeah so they I mean they they hold the charge they uh, when not in use, I don't. I don't feel like I'm replacing them every, you know, two weeks or anything. They they last a long time in use for like a remote control or whatever. So,
0: yeah. interesting. I'm going to have to uh, look into that. Of course, now I'm I'm flush on AAA and AA batteries. So be a <laughs> <Right>. before, <laughs> old <Holding> and heavy. <laughs> so, yeah. cool. Uh, speaking of cool, what do we got?
2: Well, let's see uh i fin- i i read a book
0: <laughs> imagine that <laughs> yeah
2: imagine that i wasn't watching tv or playing video games um uh, and it was a cool book not a, not necessarily a new book uh fairly recent it's called island of the lost and uh highly recommended um i i know books good when when I you know I listen to it while I'm falling asleep at night, but I can't actually fall asleep to the book. I actually have to turn it off, you know, uh, the audiobook. Else, I will not fall asleep. I will just stay awake, as, you know, as long as the book is still playing. And I also look for excuses to take the dog for extra walks during the day because I want to listen to my audio book. <laughs> um, so this is a good book. It's about uh, two shipwrecks that happened in the 1860s um, at the same island uh, that unrelated and uh, one shipwreck was on the north part of the island another was in the south part of the island and you know back in the days when sailors used to keep journals so they had lots of detailed information about every day of the shipwreck and all and uh two very different outcomes from these shipwrecks uh, mainly due to leadership um the one shipwreck was five men and uh, they all got along well, and the captain was a good leader and They survived for something like twenty months, having almost nothing i mean having to like figure out how to make everything for themselves shoes, clothes, soap, uh, find sources of vegetables and and kill sea lions for meat and all this stuff and They survived twenty months and then rescued themselves because they were tired of waiting for rescue, so they built a boat. and uh, sailed to New Zealand themselves. The other shipwreck was like 19 men and they all died but three and leadership was just horrible and they were very incompetent and all of that and so interesting and just riveting uh, in terms of like getting into the details that Books usually I skip over because I'm reading a book like that. I want to know. It's like okay, so to make their own boat, they needed to make a forge to make tools to be able to make the boat. How do they make a forge from right. nothing? Well, turns out you can do it. You know, and going into the details of you know from the really basic elements and how they were able to get them out of their environment and actually end up after a while with a working forge to be able to make things like nails and, and tools and things like that. Fascinating read, quick read, um, highly recommend it.
0: These skills are the kinds of things that I sometimes wonder if we all might not end up needing in the years to
2: come. (laughs) Yeah, I hope not. (laughs) uh, They also describe like making their own shoes because, you know, we we don't notice how quickly shoes wear out because we can so easily procure other shoes. But when you're on an island for 20 months, and especially, you know, in those days when shoes weren't maybe as sturdy as they are now. Uh, they quickly had nothing on their feet and had to figure out and and anything that you could throw, you think, Oh, throw some seal skin around your feet, make little moccasins. Yeah. That lasts like two days, you know? Um, so how do they actually make, you know, reinvent shoes based on like what was in the, the heads of these five guys, like none of them being shoemakers, but could they figure out how to actually make shoes when there was no leather, no shoemaking material, you know, nothing. And they were able to actually. (laughs) <laughs> make shoes uh, wow. that were really sturdy and good. Out of, and, out of
0: what? I'm curious
2: now. Oh, man. It, it, you know, they combined a whole bunch of stuff and, and cooked it and cured it and did like this huge process that took weeks to come up with this material that I guess was taking the place of whatever the soldier's shoes are made out of, you know, a rubbery type of substance mm-hmm. that they were able to then fit on around on forms to fit their feet. And it's this whole process. It was amazing. Even just making something as simple as soap when, you know, you don't have basic elements uh, that you might, you know, we, we could probably make soap if we knew, you know, what to go and buy at Walmart, but the, they didn't uh, have any of that. So they had to, you know, ground shells and cook them to get the lye from the shells and mix it with something else. It was, it was incredible what they did. Um, and it was really interesting. And also, just these five, you know, the, the main story is about the five guys that did well and survived. And even just filling some of the boring times, because there were times when they couldn't work, when there were storms and stuff out, and they had to stave off basically being at each other's throats and going crazy and all. And they figured out that they all knew things the other people didn't know. Like they all knew languages, different languages that were in their native tongues. So and like one new math and other new history and all this so they had school and they taught each other things two people who were illiterate learned how to read and write uh, everybody learned all the other languages I mean it was just incredible you know how they used their time uh, whereas meanwhile the the other shipwreck was just horrible you know the thing it actually turned to cannibalism at one point the other shipwreck so it's like really two it's like this is the same island at the same time these people were actually like in different parts of the island at the same time without knowing they were there and you had one group like sitting there like you know learning you know okay tonight we'll learn portuguese and algebra you know and the other group is like you know, who do we eat next?
1: <laughs> Seems like yeah. a metaphor for our times. <laughs>
2: well, I, I think it. I think the. I think what's happened with this book. I think this book's like from two thousand and six or so, but I think it's actually getting po- a little more popular, like having a second wind of popularity now, because people are are uh, saying this is, you know, an example of how leadership makes a difference. You know, um, good leadership versus bad leadership in the same situation. And how different the two outcomes were, so, so yeah, so that's why some people are like reading
0: it for the shipwreck. <laughs> <runs, but> yeah. <laughs> anyway, what about you, Leo? Those sound interesting. So I've also not been reading books or watching TV. Well, I have, but uh, the uh, the guilty pleasure I call this is something that I stumble across on YouTube from time to time, and I didn't realize it was as big a thing as it seems to be. I stumbled across an article on vice.com. Once again, links in the show notes quote, the hydraulic press channel is the internet sensation of our time. And it is exactly what you might imagine it to be. You uh, get to watch videos of them putting random things uh, and underneath a piston that is powered by you know, hydraulics and watch things get crushed. That's like <laughs> the entire premise of this channel. And it's amazingly, I don't know even how to describe it. It's amazingly rewarding to watch these things get, get destroyed. Um, they're, apparently one of their own favorites is uh, what happens when you try and crush a bowling ball. And they, you know, and if you watch the channel, you get to watch it from a couple of different angles. And and I will admit the one thing they do that is just a tad annoying is that they will replay that same crush multiple times, first from this angle, then from this angle, then in slow motion, then in other slow motion. But the bottom line is that it's very I don't know, satisfying to watch things get destroyed right now. So it is, <laughs> uh, it, you know, and, and, you know, bowling balls is a good example of, you know, things that it, that uh, spoiler, it shatters the um, there are things that they can't crush, uh, you know, like some very strong, large uh, bolts and nuts. There are some things that uh, obviously crush quite easily, uh, they'll do stuffed animals or uh foam rubber things then you get to watch the foam rubber like squeeze out the sides of this thing um, as i said very very satisfying in these troubled times so um i'll point you at the i'll put you all at the vice.com article that has a link to the uh uh to the videos on youtube they are talking about one specific channel of course there are multiples that are all doing the same kind of thing and it's just you know, at the end of a frustrating day, um, it can be just nice to go watch things get destroyed. Nice, mm-hmm. highly recommended.
2: What last, about you, What was l- the, last the
1: last book I read? I, I at the at the beginning of pandemic, I was like on an audiobook frenzy. I was just like listening, had my headphones on all the time. I listened to so many things, um, and then my brain was just like too much info. And so I've been I've been on a break. But the last book that I, I read that I really enjoyed uh was not long. Um it was uh Alex Trebek's memoir. It's called The Answer okay. Is, because of course it is. Um I listened to the the audiobook, which is mostly read by Ken Jennings, um except for like the chapter about how much Alex loves his wife, Alex read <laughs> and then like there was a chapter about drinking alcohol and doing drugs, which i guess ken probably wasn't comfortable reading uh because his religion and so so uh alex read that one too um but it was short and uh it was very very topical um about things like the pandemic because he basically wrote it in you know i think he just like wrote this thing in in february and march and so and then they got it out real quick so anyway uh alex trebek the the jeopardy guy um of course and i should have said that early on but Anyway,
0: I, I enjoyed that and and I can recommend it. Do we know how he's doing right now? I mean, the, you, we suddenly haven't heard much from yeah, him over the last about couple that. of months. I don't months. know. I haven't heard. That's anything always a little while. concerning. Yeah, they did set up uh, Ken Jennings to be his assistant. Where mm-hmm. they're all basically, I think everybody's winking when they say that because they're kind of expecting him to take over the show um, as the host, perhaps. Right. So. Yeah, it's it's a little concerning that we haven't heard much from him from the past couple of months. Right. I, I may be wrong,
2: but I thought we I just recently did that uh um let's see. Yes, that he and I'm looking here at um Wikipedia and he had announced in July that chemotherapy was doing he was doing well with it and that he, they had plans to begin taping new episodes of Jeopardy with him. Again soon,
0: right? So that's July. July, okay. It's October. But I
2: thought I had heard <laughs> since I thought I heard even more recently that they actually had started taping. Okay, so okay. maybe that's good news.
0: I would hope so. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love nothing more than to hear that. You know, yes, he's back in the studio taping episodes. Um, I'm just concerned, given his his um, health, that uh, silence is probably the you know not not a good indicator. Yeah, so. all right, so. What would you like to promote, Gary? Uh,
2: let's see, I had a a video I liked last week, or a topic at least, and it's about um, a new feature on the iPhone. Uh, it works on old iPhones as well, but it's new for the new iOS, where you can trigger something with what's called a back tap, which is you tap the back of the iPhone. You could tap twice, Double tap or three times a triple tap, and you could assign a function to that. So there's some various functions that you could assign easily, or you can create one of those shortcuts, you know, which could do just about any you know anything, launch a specific app or you know whatever. Um, and it's kind of a neat thing because it's like a different control. You know, you have the ability to touch things on the screen. There's buttons on the side. There's you know you can speak to Siri or do certain things, but having this back tap is kind of a cool, interesting. Like extra two switches that suddenly even older iPhones get, so I got a video on that. interesting
1: okay, yeah. so almost all of my free time lately has been devoted to some kind of silly project i've been well, I've been doing. see, we kind of uh, did skip over what you've been up to. What have you been up to yeah well <laughs> i i've I've been doing work and taking care of the dogs and and trying not to go crazy, but um. Basically, I've been working on a pair of Twitter bots. Um, you, know how, you, know, you all know how I, I love old 8-bit computers. Yep. Um, these are a, a pair of bots where you can send uh, code in basic languages or in basic or in actually in some other languages to an old Apple II computer or an old Atari computer, uh, which will basically be run in an emulator. Uh, and then it will, it will run your code and then it will tweet back a video of your code running to you. Oh, wow. That's neat. So it is neat. Um, I have learned a lot of uh, running this on a, a Raspberry Pi and I've learned a ton or relearned a ton about linux and about x windows and about how to use uh an x virtual frame buffer to basically have a, a screen that doesn't really exist <laughs> uh, but then you can get screenshots and video of this screen that doesn't really exist and then you know how to how to capture that uh package it up and and get it uploaded it to twitter and it's it's been a, a real uh education and i'm learning a lot of stuff and having a lot of fun um playing with old old computer code how does it have,
2: so if I were to type like a line of Apple two basic code in there, yeah. mm-hmm. how long does it take to respond?
1: Uh, the bot checks every two minutes okay. and usually it takes about forty five seconds to run, so usually you know depending on on your luck you'll get re- your response back in two to three minutes.
2: I love it, so like if I could go back in time and to the like 1985 i could tell myself in the future you'll be able to do this but it will take even longer it'll take longer it'll be like
1: batch pro- it'll be like batch processing yes. only you <laughs>
0: yeah. do either you of need- you remember the uh was the simtel library sure simtel 20 yeah. yes yes
1: wsmr-simtel20.army.mil
0: okay, you, know more, you, wow. you remember more than I do. This just reminds me of that because it was one of those scenarios where you know instead of downloading a file directly, you would have to like email it instructions to get the listing of what files it has. And then you have mm-hmm. to email the instructions to request a file and it would send it back to you as an attachment. I mean, it's just very similar to what you just described for, uh, for the Apple II. Right. How yeah, big I, a program can you handle?
1: Um, well, a, tw- a length of a tweet. So... Uh, oh, yeah. so it's a one tweet thing. No it's tweet a storms a one, for this. It's a one tweet thing, right? So I mean, basically the challenge it, uh, for people who and, and and see the Apple bot has more than a thousand followers, and the Atari bot has seven hundred or something like that. Um, the challenge for people is to you know see exactly what you can do in less than two hundred eighty characters. Tweet. <laughs> yeah, and 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 some of the people have done amazing things. I mean, just like. I can't believe that you could do this in, in a program of any length, you know. Um, some, one person wrote a little ray tracer and, you know, there's been all sorts of little graphics demos and, and things, and a lot of just hello worlds and, you know, Dave is cool and, you know, go
0: to 10 sort of thing. Um, yeah. That's funny. I'm assuming you've got some kind of infinite loop protection in there.
1: Well, the, basically, I mean, the, the, the emulator starts up and it will run for 30 seconds, and then the emulator's killed. So okay, you can, you can do an infinite loop. That's fine. You can delete the, 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 the floppy disk that, that it's on. That's fine, too, because the next time it runs, it'll just make a fresh disk
0: disc image. So, so there's, there's two constraints on the software that I could provide for this thing. It has to be less than 280 characters, and it has to run within 30 seconds. Yes,
1: and actually, I have made a directive where you can say you want more time. You can get up to ninety-nine seconds, but by default, it's thirty. Ah,
0: okay, okay. And that directive, of course, takes away from the number of characters you have available for you. Yes,
1: yeah, it's only yeah, that's true. Yeah, but basically, some people have done some fractal stuff, some Mandelbrot sets and things, and they just need more time to run. So you can
0: get a generous ninety-nine seconds. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. For whatever reason, when you started talking about this, I had pictures of, you know, an Apple II in the corner of your office, whose job it was to do this. But
1: well, there is an Apple II in the corner of my office, but it it's is not its job. It's, this is yes. not its job. <laughs> well, the, the coolest
2: thing I'm looking at it now. The coolest thing for me as a coder, of course, is I can look through and see these videos of of it running. But then I could click on the proper spot, and it shows me the, you know, that it's a response to this, and I see the code. So I could, you know, oh, there's the basic code for doing the little fireworks thing.
1: Yeah, so if you're into it, it's it's easy to learn something. Right now there's a thread going on where people are doing uh, uh, images of pumpkins and jack-o'-lanterns. Just see see what you can
0: do, you know, for for Halloween. So, yeah. That's pretty cool. So last week, what I wanted to point people out this week is something I mentioned that was coming up last week. Um, My solution to social media overload. It's a YouTube video. Again, links in the show notes. Uh, the the issue that I ran into, uh, it came to kind of a head about a week and a half ago. Was that just Facebook was doing me in? Right, I was mm-hmm. losing all hope for humanity. Kind of a scenario, uh, and I realized that uh, the <laughs> when, when even hydraulic hydraulic machines crushing things won't make will make not better. do it. <laughs> then yeah. Uh, so obviously Facebook is the big pain point. Anyway, I mentioned it and, uh, I actually talk a little bit about, uh, some of the alternatives that I am, uh, using to continue to gather information because of course it is a difficult thing. Like I had been getting a tremendous amount of real information from Facebook in amongst all the other, um, the humor, the good stuff, you know, the Corgi pictures, that kind of thing, but also in, in amongst all the the depressing stuff. Um, and, uh, by switching to, uh, Twitter and Instagram for the social side and actually RSS feeds using Feedly, um, as a great source of information, I discovered you can subscribe to newsletters and have them appear in Feedly instead of having them appear in your inbox. And I'm finding that a very interesting approach to managing some of the, uh, my overall information flow, uh, that I thought was, uh, was kind of interesting. So it's a video. It demonstrates some of that kind of stuff. And of course it links back to an article, but uh, yeah, my solution to social media overload, it's not a complete solution, but it is, it is helping some for sure. Because of course, Facebook is evil. Yes. Mm. Yep. Cool. Anything else going on this week, guys?
2: Boy, I don't know. Another week in paradise. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Another week in lockdown.
2: Another, yeah. So, yeah, I did. Uh, I did. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about uh, voting, online voting and or not only voting, but you know, mail-in voting and all that. Mm-hmm. I did just walk my ballots over. And I do that, of course, every two years, actually every year. Um, and uh, something it was a little different this year because as I'm walking over, I spotted somebody else also walking over some ballots. And another person walking for some ballots, and another person, and I was like, "Whoa, this is kind of weird." I never see other people, you know, blocks away from where the this particular ballot box is. I never noticed other people voting, and here we are three weeks out or whatever, right. and uh, there there is apparently, a, you know, a destination of you know people from the neighborhood walking their ballots over at the same time as me, um, which was kind of interesting. And I know there's other. Such things are being reported in other places as well where they haven't had the, um, you know, early
0: voting like Colorado
2: has had for so long.
0: Right. So you've obviously gotten your ballot already. I'm expecting mine pretty much any day. Yeah, it, um, came,
2: it came on Saturday. They they sent them out on Friday to everybody. I got mine on Saturday. It was fairly long, six pages. It was the longest one I've ever filled out. Wow. A lot of ballot issues, a lot of, uh, you know, propositions for the city and the state and all that. And you have to read through all that stuff uh, and then all the judges as well. Uh, so a lot to do, but I was like determined to just get it done right. uh, as early as possible. Um, and it, it pays to do that. I, I actually, tell a story, somebody I know um, got their ballot in another state in Pennsylvania uh, about a week ago. She filled out the ballot and signed it. And of course, your signature is what you for verifying. Right. Then she took it in. The next day, she had an accident and broke the uh, finger on her right hand. And it's now in a temporary cast and she's going to have surgery on it this week. So she can't sign anything. It would not have matched. You're right. It would not have matched. And it may not be, she may not be able to actually produce a good signature by election day. So the fact that she took the initiative and for no real particular reason, just got the ballot done and handed it in early, turned out to be very fortuitous Yeah. because otherwise she probably would have not been able to use that and maybe go in in person, you know, on election day and all of that to do it. But so she's glad that she, she didn't procrastinate.
0: I forget. I think we chatted about this last week. You do have the option of mailing your ballot in, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. You could put a stamp on it, but the uh, all around the state, there are these great uh, ballot boxes that are year, there right. year-round for our various elections, and you could uh, use one of those. And since I live in Denver, uh, high highest population density, there are three that within a mile of my house that I could easily walk right. to, so I have to basically pick which one.
0: Yeah. A good friend of ours um, was over for dinner last night, actually. And we were talking about this as well. And it's the same thing, Washington, you can mail your ballots in, which is essentially what I'll do. And one of the reasons that I'll, I'll fill my ballot out very quickly just so that mail delays are simply not part of the equation, but he does do exactly what you do. There's a a ballot box, not that far from him and he will take it there and drop it off um, specifically, you know, to, to make sure that it gets to the right place at the right time. And just, he feels better yeah. about doing it that way and I can totally get it.
2: Well, there are places where, um, uh, you know, you can, you, you know, mail-in ballot or or there are places where you can just go and vote early. I saw a video earlier today of Texas has drive-in voting where you actually drive up to your, you know, the, the polls are in a parking lot and you drive your car up to the really? machine and it's kind of under a canvas. And, you know, you yeah, that way it's kind of, Uh, Protected.
0: I find that fascinating, just because they seem to have gone out of their way to make your solution, the Dropbox, kind of difficult. I know.
2: So, but so you know, the idea, of course, is you're still voting in person. So you know, they don't want the ballot box drop off thing, but they want people to come in person. And I've even heard of places. uh, I'm not sure which states there is where they haven't allowed any new stuff, but it's always been the rule where you can, in advance of the election, go to the county clerk or the secretary of state or wh- whoever's in charge of voting, mm-hmm. go to the office early. And, and normally you may only do this in a special situation uh, and, and basically go there and say, I'd like to register my vote early and vote there in the office. And now this year, Uh, They're expecting, uh, you know, instead of just a few random people for one reason or another decide to do that, maybe they're traveling over you know, election day or something, Um, actually having tons of people that are coming in because the idea is with the pandemic is to spread out voting is to not have a just a, you know, a 10 or 12 hour window on election day where everybody in your area has to vote. But if you spread it out over three weeks, then it could be, you know. That you—it's a very short line or no line at all, and um, everybody gets to vote and nobody gets sick.
0: Okay, I'm assuming that in in Oregon it's the same thing. You guys have mail-in ballots if you want. And
1: yes, uh, well, uh, Oregon is an all-vote-by-mail state. Okay, there, uh, so, yeah, that's I mean, right. There, yep. there is no uh, election p- polling places, and traditionally, yeah, there there are drop boxes. Um, and, or you could mail in your, your vote uh, this year for the first time. Uh, if you mail in your ballot, you do not have to put a stamp on it. So, um, interd- either, so it depends on, on the, the year. Sometimes I will mail it in. Sometimes I'll go to a, a drop box. There's always one at the local library, for instance. So cool. uh,
0: this year, I think I'm going to take it directly to the drop box. There's something satisfying about throwing it in the box, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, I think that probably wraps it up for us this week. Yep. The show notes for this week are at slash teh114. If you've got a comment or a question for us, you can find us on Facebook, more or less, and Twitter at The TEH Podcast, or you can always leave a comment on the show notes page. We absolutely respond or see and respond to those. As always, thank you for listening. Stay healthy, stay safe, and we will see you here again next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.